Welcome back to the latest edition of the Own Your Eating Podcast. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. You haven't been on the podcast for a couple of weeks. What? I was on it last week with the quiz. Oh, that's you true. You had that crazy quiz. we got to get back to Ellie and oh, Kelly's. i got to write my next quiz. That was fun. I prefer being the quiz master, I have to say. You are the quiz master. <laughs> Thanks, CrossFit Resurgence, for having us for the entire week. Oh, my God. More like two weeks. Yeah, that place was awesome. And all the members were super cool and fun, and they loved our little pup Mimi, which was cool. And I was beast at the box. Of course, you had to drop that little nugget in there. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard about this probably every day for the last two and a half weeks. Beast of the box. <laughs> well, if you haven't, you have to check out the functional fitness movie on Netflix. It was actually quite entertaining. But they oh, used, is that where you got that from? Yeah, but oh. they use the term beast of the box very liberally at times, and it's kind of become our inside joke at North Naples CrossFit. <laughs> so I've got a great interview with Kevin Ogar coming up next. Mm-hmm. Really excited about that. Kevin's a friend. He's on staff. Obviously, many people know his story. We don't dive too far into that, because if you want to learn all about that, just check out the CrossFit podcast with Kevin and Savan, and you'll learn all about it. This podcast was specifically geared to his nutrition, you know, past, future, and current nutrition plans. Mm. Speaking of nutrition plans, you're eating breakfast. Yes. You're eating Roz's famous Chunky Monkey oatmeal. Yeah, my go-to every day, pretty much. (laughs) People ask about what's the best breakfast. There's no best breakfast, but if you want something that tastes good, gives you a nice balance of protein and carbs, check out Roz's Chunky Monkey Oatmeal on our blog. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is search that, right? Yeah, you can just search in the store, Chunky Monkey, and then it'll pull up, um, I think, news and information, and it'll be right there. You'll find it easy. I like it, especially when you make it for me. I was going to say, <laughs> has there ever been an occasion where you've made it yourself? Would you know what to do? I would not I would just go out to eat breakfast. <laughs> But anyway, you'd Uber eats it. <laughs> Ross's chunky monkey oatmeal. Where can I get that from? Without any further ado, Kevin Ogar on the podcast. Own your eating. If you have questions about this, if you want to ask him questions after, feel free to shoot us messages on Facebook, on Instagram, at our email, at our website. Own your eating everything, and we are excited to present this to you. All right, I am here with Kevin Ogar. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks for having me on, Jason. I assume you're at CrossFit Watchtower. I am sitting in my office. Yes, I am. At CrossFit Watchtower, Kevin's affiliate in Colorado. Yep, Inglewood, Colorado. Inglewood. So here's the deal. If you want to learn all about Kevin and the accident and all that stuff, go check out the podcast with Sivan. It was awesome. I listened to it. You did a great job. Thank you. I don't need to repeat what he did really well. What I wanted to talk to you about is food. Yes. So, from a few different standpoints, you know, everybody that meets Kevin, myself included, is like, this dude is a mountain, basically. Um, You know, and your back is like, I think, what is it, five feet across now? Uh, I have no clue. I just got measured for a suit. I wear a 52 suit. That's, I think I'm like a 32, for reference. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and, and... You know, you were talking on the podcast, and, you know, I was listening to it. We both work on the seminar staff. I was flying to Norway and caught up on a bunch of the CrossFit podcasts because they're awesome. Yours was great. And, you know, you, you talked about eating four pints of ice cream, which sounds yes. 
awesome to a lot of people, but it was actually a struggle for you. It was it was almost I won't go as far to say as a nightmare, but uh, it was bad. I haven't I haven't actually touched ice cream uh, since I stopped doing that because it was just so much that I just I didn't I don't want to eat it anymore. Well, one of the questions we got when I posted that I was going to interview you was from my buddy Noah in Chicago, and he wanted to know what your favorite flavor ice cream was. Um, I mean, I'm I'm probably just a standard chocolate guy if I just eat regular ice cream. I really don't need anything too fancy. But, I, dude, I, it's, it's been months since I've touched a pint of ice cream. So you were literally eating four pints a day? To, cause, and oh, four, four pints, a, four extra pints a, a week. Okay, over the course of a week. Four pints, yeah. like the little... You know, they're, they're four servings per pint, basically. Yeah. So you were just trying to get calories in. Yes. You know, and that, so I kind of have two parts of my questions about eating with you. One, just about making weight in general for your for the Paralympics. Yeah. And two, just, you know, I get a lot of people, not a lot, but some people, whether it's in their wheelchair or, you know, people like Steph who maybe don't move around as much, and the truth is, I'm unsure what to always tell them when it comes to nutrition. So I kind of have those two different kind of topics that I wanted to discuss with you. Let, let's let's take the, the weight gain and loss for the Paralympics first, the easy one. Yeah, so that one that one was rough. So I, I work um, I work with my buddy, buddy Tyler Lastly. He owns a CrossFit Fringe back in Columbia, Missouri. Me and him played uh, rugby together for years upon years, and um, he's a real smart dude, and so he kind of helps me out with this kind of stuff. He's a... Uh, a uh, nutrition nerd like like most of us who kind of get into this kind of stuff, but he's way way smarter than I would want to be. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this because then he hears me compliment him, and that's just kind of ruin my day. Um, but so when we started working together, we started talking about. Um, for first of all, I, my body comfortably likes to sit around like two fifteen, two twenty, uh, and they were asking me to get up to like two thirty six for my weight class. Um, so anywhere between like fifteen to twenty pounds of weight gain, and not just be a fat slob and still be able to move. Weight. Right, because I think one thing that's overlooked is how. Well, first of all, how tall? How tall are you, standing lengthwise? However, you would like, you would. I'm six. I'm six three. So six standing three. up, I'm six three. So you're six three, but I mean, when you say two fifteen at six three, not a big deal. But I assume there's slightly less muscle these days on your legs. Yeah. So so if I mean if I had to guess, I would guess um, probably like 60, 70% of my body weight is just upper body now. So before when I was walking around um, at 6'3", I was still 215 pounds, um, but it was all in my legs. So I've kind of flip-flopped. Yeah, and I mean, you're probably not the leanest you could be, but at the same time, it's not like you're overweight. No, no. I mean, and when I was 236, I was definitely um, what we'll call fluffy, just to be nice to me. Um, but, but now I'm back down to like around 220. And so, like, I'll, I'll never have a six-pack again where my paralysis starts. just not going to allow it. Um, but, you know, you, you can definitely start to see definition in my abs again, which is kind of nice. And what's your goal weight now? I know you said you were going to move back down. Uh, 97 kilos, so just right around 215 pounds. So you're sitting pretty where you need to be. Yeah, actually, we didn't actually mean to lose the weight that fast. We were trying to so – so I have a meet in June I had to compete at uh, for the USA team. And so our goal was to get me to be – be 215 or right around 218 uh, right before that meet um, and just because of traveling and and life and I guess just the way my body responds to nutrition um, I dropped like 20 pounds within the first like month and a half how, how do you ensure that you're not losing muscle uh, well I mean my strength has gone down a little bit but it's starting to come back up I'm starting to equalize a little bit um, I think 
the main thing we try to do is make sure the one thing that has stayed kind of constant between me eating for 236 <coughs> and me eating for 200, 215 pounds is my protein's about the same. So I, I eat the same, pretty, pretty close to the same amount of protein, maybe a little less now. Um, the main things that, that have kind of changed are um, my like my fat and carb content in my diet. Dropping them down, obviously. Yeah, so carbs haven't really dropped down too much. I think I think they've dropped like maybe 15 to 20 grams, but I've, I've dropped my fat intake from somewhere between 120 grams a day to down to like on training days around 60 or 70. That's where you dropped all your calories. Yeah. So when when you've done this and you and you've made this change, you're not seeing any or a slight decrease in your strength. I mean, it's like for for a little bit there, like I just didn't, I just felt weak. But um, it's a new thing for me, so I just it's a kind of transition phase. But I mean, at almost twenty pounds lighter than what I was, I just hit uh, three seventy for a triple on a bench, which is only fifteen pounds off my all time best. So that's it. Yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> so now what's a typical day of eating look like i know one thing you talked about with savant is just you have to be aware of when you eat bathroom type stuff so what's a typical day of eating look like um typically i don't eat my first meal until like 11 or 12 what time do you get up uh i get up like four forty-five. so you basically fast yeah i mean it's just i'm just not hungry in the mornings and i don't like to rush around and try to like with the amount of food i like to eat at one sitting i don't like a bunch of meals throughout the day. I generally eat three times a day um, in like an eight-hour window. Um, and so I don't really like to sit down and like pick at food and then go on to something else. When I sit down to eat, I, I want to sit down to eat. So I don't like to rush around in the morning. I'm usually coaching from like 5.45 to around 10.30 anyway. Um, so I, I just have a cup of coffee in the morning and then I don't eat around until 11 or 12. And that first meal right now is um, usually composed of like meat and oatmeal and maybe a little coconut oil, but it breaks down to like 50 grams of protein, 31 grams of carbs, and 30 grams of fat for my breakfast. Uh, after that, I kind of do like some supplemental stuff, just uh, nothing big, just creatine, some BCAAs, uh, some collagen protein. Uh, I use Progenix pre-workout stuff, um, and then a little bit of a carb source, like while I'm working out, and I don't eat my next meal until after I train. That's usually um, around four o'clock, and at four I'll usually get somewhere between sixty to hundred grams of carbs, probably from like rice or white potatoes, and then um, some more leaner meats. And I try to get as little fat as possible in that meal. And then when I go home at night, I have one more meal, and it's usually a shit ton of veggies and some more meat, and then whatever I have left over in carbs. So, and do you eat partially that way just because it's easier for bathroom stuff? To like, you know, you're gonna get hit kind of big time when you kind of condense all of your food into eight hours yeah what i found is like having that eight hour window where i just eat everything right there and then i leave a few hours before i go to sleep um it just kind of sets me up nice for like bathroom stuff i try to do that that uh, like uh, i try to go to the bathroom almost every single time every single day at the exact same time so i pretty much set myself something to the clock to when i go to the bathroom now how does this work that well for those of you that don't know, he's on the level one staff, which, like I am, we don't have any basic control of our schedule on a Saturday and Sunday. You know, somewhat, to some extent we do, but, I mean, we're, we're at a box from 8 to five thirty, eight to 6, Saturday and Sunday. How does that influence your eating? Um, <clears throat> I, I found that uh, I generally try to fast when I'm traveling. 
so I don't really eat before I leave, and I just make sure I eat a big meal when I get there. Um, and then I just kind of, over the years, I've learned the flow of the level one, so I know when I can sneak off to the bathroom and when I can't, and when I'm going to have time and not. And, uh, you know, Saturday is probably the only day when I'm traveling that I kind of cut loose at night. And even my version of cutting loose is like not weighing and measuring things. Like it's still meat, vegetables, and like uh, good food. I just don't end up weighing it on Saturday night. Never had the international cheat night. Never. I, I dude, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not afforded that that luxury. So like, I can't really, I can't eat cheese. It, it, um, any kind of most kinds of dairy outside of like Greek yogurt really mess me up. I can't eat any grains. Like it turns me, it turns my stomach inside out. I I can't do anything with like canola oil or soy. So I'm pretty limited on on. But you've on always what. been like that. Um, it's, it's, it's worse now that I don't really have con- like full control of my sphincter, but yeah, uh, even before I got hurt, I was, I was pretty rigid on what I could and couldn't eat just from like a family history of, of gut issues. Right. Like for me, if I have a pint of ice cream, I know I'll have diarrhea, but at least I know when I'm going to have diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I can't, I don't really get the chance to like clench my butt cheeks and run to the bathroom anymore. It's, it's either a hundred percent or nothing. Right. You may shit yourself at the dinner table. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's just not—it's just not worth it, you know. Shitting your pants is not. Shitting your pants feels worse than the deliciousness that is ice cream. See, I think we—I agree to disagree with you there. But <laughs> <laughs> so now the other question I had earlier was just: if someone's in a wheelchair or less mobile, what would you do differently for their nutrition? And let's—you know—most people listening, I would say, are still participating in CrossFit. Yeah, it's um, it's tricky um, because there there is a decrease in caloric need. I mean, our basal metabolic rate is lower. Um, you know, for me, I have part part of my uh, small intestines that isn't isn't like hundred percent paralyzed, but doesn't actually work as well as the part that's above my entry line. Um, so, for a good example, before when I was training for like CrossFit games, before I got hurt, I was eating somewhere around six thousand calories a day. Thousand. Yes. Um, well, that's I mean, what I'm, you get when you're that big. Yeah, I was that big and training four or five hours a day. I mean, now my, my workload is a lot less, um, but I'm still right now only eating 2,400 to 2,500 calories in a day. Right, so the, right there is a good example. You're eating, obviously, like you said, you're, you're training somewhat, I would say less, right? Mm-hmm. But you're eating half as much. Yeah, and, and that's, even when I was trying to get up to 236, one of the reasons why it was so hard is because I can only eat so much food like my stomach just doesn't process it that much so I was still only eating like 3,500 calories and that was like force feeding myself so I couldn't physically eat as much as I used to um and even that like messed up my stomach and it, and it caused some other problems but um so it, it, taking into account there's it's a lot less calories um and I think the other thing is really watching that interplay between the carbs and fat and just kind of noticing that like the more active you are, it's kind of bumping up the carbs. The less active you are, you can kind of bump up the fats to increase satiation. But for me, I have like a like a fat limit. So if I eat more than a certain amount, it kind of gives me the bubble guts. Um, but on the same note, if I eat um, if I eat like even a little bit of too much carbs, it starts to make me really bloat up. So I really have to kind of be careful where I play the protein. I just kind of go to town. But the carbs and fat, I have to really watch that interplay. So, so, but general rules would be if someone's less mobile, and obviously the more they are, whether it's 
prosthetics or, you know, like Steph that uses crutches. And would you even say as far as whether or not they're using a motorized wheelchair versus a self? Oh, oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I push myself around all day, so at least I have, like, the energy expenditure of moving uh, 220 pounds around. Uh, people in power chairs literally just push a button forward and, and they're moving. So it's very, very easy for them to become overweight very quickly. Um, I know you got Steph on that. Oh, yeah. I gave, we gave Steph so much shit for using a power chair. Not because they're not okay, but because she was strong enough she didn't need one. Right. And... I mean, Steph, when I gave her her numbers, and she's probably listening to this, but she tried to convince me she needs more food because she's using her arms and stuff, and I was like, well, that's no different than walking, really, right? You're just using, yeah. we use our legs. But, um... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, well, and you gotta, like, with being in a wheelchair, there's a decreased blood flow, there's, um, there's, there's, a, a, a lot of times there's a decrease in some hormonal signaling that has to do with, like, satiation and actual, like, how, how that stuff works um you have a difference in, in the way like our pituitary gland and our thyroid can potentially work you have a difference in how our body processes and there's a huge huge like hormonal interplay here just from having decreased blood flow and, and and some of the damage that comes alongside of these injuries training question do you wheel yourself around less on big bench days uh i would be worried no. that i would influence my bench you know like Obviously, same holds true for we walk around. I don't want my legs to be tired, but it seems like it's a lot more, you know, the same musculature. Yeah, and it is. I don't. I don't really worry about it as much. Um, I would be know, a I, diva. I would be like, <laughs> "Honey, you wheel me today. I have to win the Paralympics." <laughs> you know, when, when it comes to competition, I might have someone push me around a little bit more than normal. But but training, um, you know, I'm. I'm kind of i think i'm on the tail end of my competitive years like i've been competing in crossfit or you know i started competing in crossfit like almost 10 years ago i've been playing competitive sports since i was five years old you know now for me um making sure my gym and my nonprofits and everything else are running well comes first and then um my training really comes second so i'd rather get around and do what i need to do and then have to take five to ten pounds off my bench that day than actually worry about it too much Plus, I'm just a meathead, man. I'm going to move the weight or not. Like that, that's all it is to it. Are you, are you going to be more concerned, though, when you're training less, that you're more likely to gain weight? Um, just because... No, you... not really. Uh, I'll, I'll just... I probably won't... I'll probably switch the way uh, my food looks as far as, like, the macronutrient breakdown, and I'll probably eat a little less. Um, in all honesty, if I stop competing and I'm just kind of, like, trying to look good naked, I'll, I'll probably just... Um, probably just kind of weigh and measure that for a little bit but then kind of eat when i'm hungry don't eat when i'm not hungry don't eat shitty food type of thing yeah i mean from from the sounds of it it sounds like you know food at this point is your fuel yeah you know when you have so many allergies and then some other issues going on with food it's like not that you don't enjoy it but you're you're eating to fuel your body and you're smart enough now that you're not going to get overweight because you're just you know what to dial in right away yeah i mean it i mean i feel i feel for me like i don't and I, I've seen your post about it, and I would I would agree with you on this. I a don't think a lot of people do the keto diet right, and and b I really don't think anyone that's training CrossFit regularly has much business trying to throw that in there. But that's just my personal thoughts on it. Um, but I mean, I don't think I would. I think I would probably increase the amount of fat I'm eating and decrease my carbs, but I don't think it'd be much of a difference than what I'm eating right now. 
Yeah, and I agree. Like, I don't hate the keto diet. I think there's, you know, especially for diseases, it's probably one of the best things you can do. Like, cancer cells, they're saying don't grow when there's ketones. Cool. Yeah. But do it right. Don't be a dummy. Yeah. Um, Cool. No, that's good to know. I mean, I I know, like, for me, I have a bad bad weekend of eating, and initially in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll train more, I'll do this. But it's like, if you don't have that opportunity, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you have to be able to control your nutrition yeah and i think it's a little easy I'm, I'm weird in the simple fact that i don't crave sugary foods like you could have a plate of cookies or cupcakes in front of me and i'm it's not even going to tempt me but if you put a plate of like chicken wings or a bowl of popcorn in front of me i'm probably gonna eat until i'm sick so when was the last time when was the last time you were just like fuck it i don't have to be anywhere if i shit after i do this <coughs> no big deal i'm gonna eat something i, I miss ago I, I did accidentally did a 24-hour fast i ended up having to work all day and most people don't accidentally not eat for a day yeah well i did it was it was like i, I got into work i didn't bring any food I, I had been traveling all weekend i got back i didn't bring any food with me i thought i had some here i didn't i didn't break away from the gym all day and so i just didn't eat anything and so that night i had uh there's a place here in colorado called park burger and they have some of the best wings and they have a uh, they have a burger with like kimchi and fried pancetta on it That's so awesome. I had a double pan, like fried pancetta kimchi burger with two patties and um, a whole they say, they say it's family sized but I didn't think so it was a family sized basket of truffle fries and then a pounded wings so that was probably it about two weeks ago and did you shit yourself after? no I was actually fine <laughs> I was actually okay it was good there, there was no cheese and um, nothing else I guess messed up my stomach so I was good and Never, never once on a Saturday. I mean, those that are listening, level one staff were notorious for having epic cheat nights. No one's tried to force you to join them. Um, some some people have tried to coerce me into doing it, uh, but when you're like, listen, if I eat that right now, I'm gonna shit my pants, and if I shit my pants because of you making me eat this, I'm gonna make you clean it up. <laughs> like they pretty much just leave you alone. I assume that's like Andrew Charlesworth. He's like, all right, you win. I'm not cleaning your poop. Uh, I only worked with him once. I think he. I think he wanted to. It was during. It was my second internship. Was the only time I ever worked with Andrew Charlesworth, and I think he more or less wanted to try to get me get me drunk so I would get kicked off staff than anything else. <laughs> and by the way, if you haven't watched the, I'm not sure the exact as it's just like the Kevin Ogar documentary is how I would refer to it. Yeah. What is, well, it? is it's that? Ogar. It's Ogar Will of Steel. Amazing. You know, if you have a journal subscription, I think it's free in the journal. I think that's how I watched it. Yep. And it's yeah, also on, like, iTunes, and I'm sure it'll be on Netflix one day, but, you know, obviously a story about everything you've accomplished, but the biggest story of there is really all about you getting on staff. Yeah, the, the internship process, man, that, that is, it is brutal. Do people get mad working with you? Like, fuck, he doesn't demo? I'd be like, um, you're demoing the squats, because I hate demoing the squats. Um, no, the, I, I, you know, I haven't had anyone get mad yet. They have made some good jokes, um... What's the joke that Natasha mentioned or Steve mentioned oh. on the uh, my Facebook? We were, we were there, there, there was during the snatch. Uh, it's not a lecture. The snatch section of the level one, and um, I knew Natasha's legs were a little tired and sore from the workout she did that day. And so we were going over like the overhead squat portion of the progression, and I had her hold it at the bottom for a little longer than I probably needed to, and her legs started shaking. And she stood up, and I go, "Oh, Natasha, are your legs tired?" 
And she, without missing a beat, she looks at me and she goes, yeah, not all of us sit around all day. <laughs> and now there's 53 participants who are just like horrified until I started laughing. It was pretty good. She has, Natasha's not that smart. She had that joke <laughs> planned all the, the whole time. Oh man, she, she has some, dude, I'll give you, give her this. Like she is usually horrible at jokes. She had a two or three really good singers. Well, um, at my expense that weekend. That's where you get live, live with Steve Haydock. Oh yeah. Oh man. Steve, Steve. Yeah, I felt so. Uh, we had an intern that that day or that weekend, and he forgot all the progressions. And Steve asked like two or three of them, and like, I I, I wanted to just like crawl into my shirt. It felt so uncomfortable. Between, like Steve was so mad. I've I've seen Steve mad at similar situations. It's yeah. When you're not that person, it's funny. When you are, not so much. It wasn't me. Like I was laughing, but I was laughing. I just wanted to like cover my face <laughs> with something because it was so uncomfortable. The intern was so. So not ready for those questions. Hey, well, you know what they should have done is watch your movie ahead of time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. in, in wrapping up, you know, you mentioned you have all these projects. Tell everybody about them. You know, obviously, owning CrossFit Watchtower, being on staff, but you also have the Reveille Project. You, you're a big part of the Adaptive Seminar, so let everybody know where they can find out. Um, you can look up anything with the Adaptive Seminar on our social media. It's uh, at Adaptive CrossFit for... Uh, uh, for like Instagram and the, that kind of stuff. You can also go read about the course at uh, uh, CrossFit.com and underneath all the specialty courses. Um, the RevelyProject.org uh, is my nonprofit where we work with uh, veterans who have mood disorders and physical disabilities and getting them um, into CrossFit gyms and nutritional counseling. Um, I do a lot of stuff with uh, Barbells for Boobs, so I would check them out anywhere. And then uh, we also do a little work with... Um, uh, Phoenix now now the Phoenix but used to be Phoenix Multisport working with uh, getting people who are in recovery from addiction into fitness keeping so, yourself busy that's why you yeah, accidentally accidentally didn't eat for a day that's how you do it yeah that's how that's how it works cool so anything okay, I was cutting weight anyway it worked <laughs> so what, and what's next you said you had a competition in June is that it you're retiring after yeah. that no I have a national qualifier in June and that national qualifier will be at my new body weight and if I can hit the numbers I need to I'll qualify for the USAT or the qualify for a chance on the USA team for Paralympics in 2020. So it's a summer sport, obviously, since winter's going on right now. And if you, mm-hmm. you I mean, if you head there, that'd be the, the way to go out on top. Yeah, that, that's, I'm taking these four years to really try to, uh, I was told that I would never be able to get strong enough using CrossFit to qualify for the Paralympics. And so when someone told me, once someone told me that I was not allowed to do that, I couldn't do that. I was like, well, now, now I have a new goal. Now this is going to happen. So now I, train powerlifting two days a week and I do do my gym's programming four days a week and I'm going to try to qualify for the Paralympics that way. Well, I have no doubt you'll be there. That'll be sweet. I'd love to yep. watch it and oh, yeah. thanks for being on here. I hope everybody enjoyed and no, I enjoyed talking. Me. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more as you make your way there and I hope to work with you one weekend. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see where they shoot me. If you don't go to Texas or Denver, you're, I don't know if I'll see you. That's generally where I go. <laughs> well, I was in Norway, Greece, and Dubai so if you don't head there... It was a, okay, if they want to send me there, I'll go there. I have, I have no qualms that, with that. You know, you, you, you don't want to eat the plain food. No, no, probably not. That's, cool. That's why I fast. <laughs> well, thanks again, Kevin. All right, thanks, Jason.